right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Conversations with the Mind. I'm your host, Shane LeMaster. I want to start by thanking all of our listeners for your continued listenership and for all of you who continue to like and share our podcast. That's really how we get the message out to as many people as possible. Uh, our reach is only so far on social media. So because of you, our reach gets out much further. And please continue to like and share our stuff. Um, that way you guys can be activists in your own right and be part of this movement of consciousness expansion um, through hopefully our whole species. Uh, so wanted to say thank you and uh, continue to like and share. Also, if you'd like to, you can donate to the podcast. Um, I don't take any profits from the donations, but I have um, sort of made a deal with myself that once we reach the 40 episode mark, uh, we're going to upgrade our systems and uh, start running the podcast through some real mics and some real programs on a laptop so that we can really get you guys a clearer message and um, open up the possibilities as far as uh, what we can provide for you guys, uh, sampling and music, things like that. So please donate. Uh, there should be a link at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening on. Just go ahead and click the link and you can go ahead and donate to uh, good cause. So support uh, local movements like this, um, support things that you believe in and um, donate, donate, donate. Thank you. I want to let all of our listeners know that we are sponsored, as always, by my private practice counseling and consulting company, MindOps. You can find us at MindOps.com. That's M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S dot com. We're a mobile and eclectic counseling company providing services for one-on-one distance services, so either through uh, the telephone or um, over video chat. Uh, We're all set up to kind of do that as well. We provide services to individuals, teams, small and large groups, businesses, uh, pretty much anybody who has to uh, tap into high performance in their daily life. So um, we have a number of specializations, general psychotherapy, psychedelic integration therapy, addiction counseling, uh, as well as sport and performance psychology. Those are our specialties. So if you have any of those needs or if you just need somebody to talk to, uh, reach out. Um, the website is the best way to get a hold of us. That's also the best place to leave any questions or comments for myself or my guests. Just feel free to go to mindops.com and just check out the webpage. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, the MindOps YouTube channel, where I upload um, video segments uh, anywhere between you know 15 to 25 minutes long, kind of breaking down some of the concepts that we talk about here on the podcast. So if you're interested in finding out more about those topics, check out our YouTube channel and please subscribe to that as well, as well as uh, sharing it with your own circles of family and friends. All right. On to our good news story section. Uh, as always, we like to share a good, uh, a little bit of good news to hopefully brighten your day um, or open your eyes to it because we are bombarded by so many um, negative messages and negative images in our news these days. So the good news story is a local story here from Colorado and uh, something that I'm really, really thrilled about and backing 100%. Um, I mentioned a a few episodes ago um, that we were trying to get psilocybin decriminalization on the bill for uh, for voting here in Colorado, and that just passed. So that's awesome news. Um, in Denver, in the next municipal elections, um, it's going to be on the ballot to see if we can get psilocybin or magic mushrooms decriminalized. Uh, that will open the floodgates for us to be able to 
um, do a lot more research on these medicines and, um, you know, really show the world, you know, what we can do um, when we engage these medicines responsibly. Um, so that's great, great news. And stay tuned for, for more news. Uh, you know, the news is going to spread. Uh, so today our guest is a very special guest. <clears throat> He's my cousin. Uh, his name is Chris Manchester. And his, uh, his resume is much too long for me to, to speak uh, entirely to. So I'll let him kind of unpack some of that. But I wanted to mention to all of you that uh, Chris has always been, uh, you know, sort of a, a mentor in my life, a male role model, someone I've looked up to uh, for a lot of different reasons, not only for how he engages in, you know, um, a lot of different sports and athletics throughout his life and, and engaging with nature, but also how he, um, he chooses to view, you know, and perceive reality around him and, uh, you know, how he, he chooses to focus on a lot of the positive things going on. Uh, Cause we all have, we all have uh, trauma in our past. We all have things that we've had to deal with. So um, Chris is a Knowles instructor. He's an instructor for instructors. Uh, as far as I know, maybe he can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he's also a professional uh, sea kayaker. And as far as I, I also know, one of the few uh, sea kayakers to ever, uh, surf his kayak on Mavericks, which is a, a world famous um, uh, wave out in California, out by Half Moon Bay. So one of the few ever to attempt and successfully ride one of those waves in a sea kayak. That's pretty amazing. Um, and Chris has been all over the world with his Knowles stuff, has tons of life experiences. He's also a, a wilderness medicine instructor, among many other trades, and uh, owns a kayak business out in Half Moon Bay as well called Half Moon Bay Kayak Company. So I want to welcome you to the show, Chris. And uh, yeah, it's great to have you on, man. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be part of Conversations with the Mind. Uh, I've been looking forward to kind of being here to, to open up to all your listeners and, and learn as, all, as well. You know, it's, it's great to be here. I appreciate the invite. Nice. Um, would you mind pulling your microphone just a little bit closer to your face? It's a little bit muffled. Okay. And is, is this yeah. better? Yeah, that's much, much better. Okay, great. Awesome. So I always start my podcast off with the same question to all my guests. And uh, that question is, you know, what does the phrase conversations with the mind mean to you? The audience knows what it means to me and why I created the podcast. Uh, but I like to get different perspectives um, from you. So what does that what does that phrase mean? Conversations with the mind and how does it resonate in your life? <clears throat> Um, man, you know, I, I, uh, I've been thinking about that a little bit and I think, um, for me personally and my relation to that question and how I perceive it, uh, is talking to myself. I, I, I tend to hear my own voice in my head when I'm talking to myself or asking myself questions or, or learning things in life, you know, or reflecting on things or, uh, processing feedback. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. I don't know if everybody's the same, but you know, I hear me when I'm talking to me and, um, um, I, you know, it's definitely an inside, um, another entity almost, uh, you know, inside your head, the, the subconscious realm is just so unexplored. And, and I think that, uh, finding that relationship with yourself and being able to comfortably, um, discuss things in your head, 
in a in a way that's you know progressive. Um, it's something that you know I always thought was pretty cool about what you do, and uh, and I think it's a great label. When I was thinking about it, conversations in the mind, I'm like, you know, it's all about uh, looking within, you know, and and uh, assessing your soul, you know, your your true being and your energy. And, um, I guess I guess that's one of the ways that I would look at it. Oh, that's yeah. super powerful. Thank you. Um, I'm wondering, you know, when you engage, when you're talking about engaging with yourself, hearing your own voices, things like that, what sort of, um, what sort of personal value do you think you've gained throughout your life from having those conversations? Cause I'm a lot of people would, you know, they, they misperceive these conversations that they have with themselves. And, you know, I know, I know in my own training in psychology, even in, in the field, um, you know, there's still stigmas around people who talk to themselves walking down the street and stuff. And I'm a, I'm one to view that that's a healthy thing um, because I, I get a lot of benefit from it. But what is some of the personal benefits you've gotten from having the conversations with yourself? Oh man, that's a, that's, you know, that's a deep question. Um, in all honesty, I think that the, the lowest or the most powerful thing that I would gather from that. And I agree with you that it is, uh, progressive and growing to be able to discuss things with yourself. And I think that people who, you know, maybe some people do it out loud. I, I, I tend to do it on my own. I'm, I'm actually, as much as I'm open hearted, um, you know, I don't let everybody see all of me. Uh, I am also guarded. Um, but I would say humility. Like if I could choose one word um, that I got, I have gotten uh, over the span of my life is, is being able to look within and uh and and have humility like learn uh that i don't know it all you know and that i struggle uh you know on a daily basis and um on multiple different levels and um and i think having that conversation with myself and being able to keep stepping forward and looking within and and saying you know sometimes yeah it's okay um and, you know, and other times it's, you know, it's not, I don't always have the answers and I'm not, you know, sometimes I cry and sometimes I'm, I'm laughing and I'm looking at them. Sometimes I'm laughing at myself, but I think humility is the big takeaway thing uh, of being able to learn and grow. Um, if I was never able to, you know, fall, then, then I can't pick myself up back up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Um, and I know for me, humility is also a big piece of, of growth and, and learning in my life. And for me, I find humility by putting myself in challenging situations and being humbled either through mistakes made or through victories had. Um, and in particular, you know, it's, it's jujitsu for me, or it has been, or has become jujitsu for me where I can I can put my ego out there on the mat and um, feel entirely humbled um, each and every day and have, you know, have me put in my own place, um, which is a healthy thing. But for you, I mean, and I hope I, I did some sort of justice to your credentials, um, but with you and your experience, I mean, you've been all over the world. You've, you've sea kayaked uh, all over the world. You've done all these uh, amazing adventure um, trips with Knowles for long periods of time. Do you feel like, um, being out on the, on the massive, powerful, energetic ocean or out in the, out in the back country, really far back in, in wilderness, do you feel like that helps with that humbling process? 
absolutely. Um, and, and not just the humility. And I, I think talking about what you're talking about when you're talking about the, the jiu-jitsu, I think it's so cool um, how you do throw yourself out there and you know that, you know, you're not the best. Uh, you're really good at what you do. And, um, but there's always going to be somebody better, you know, always trying to strive to do things on top of you. And uh, that was a little wordplay there for jiu-jitsu. But uh, um, impressive stuff. And that you, when you say you may get your ass handed to you, you go reflect on that. And then when you reflect on that, you're a notch up. You're a notch higher than you were before. And when I'm out in these uh, environments and I'm getting my ass kicked um, by weather, uh, you know, there's times that, it's miserable, you know, and what you learn are, is tolerance for adversity. And, and I really like that phrase because um, I am a type of person that's how I learn. You know, I'm going to stick my hand in the fire to learn that it's hot. And then once I learn that it's hot, I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to put a glove on and do it again uh, to try to gain more knowledge. And I think when I'm outside or I'm put in these positions um, of humility, uh, it's uh, reinforces my naivety. It makes it that I realize that, uh, you know, everything is so much bigger than me and all of the energy around me and everything, especially when I'm remote uh, or it's been raining for two weeks straight in Alaska, you know, and um, uh, or it's, it's freezing cold and, and I got to pee real bad. I'm in the tent and I don't want to get out, you know. Uh, all those little itty-bitty things that are kicking my ass uh, are training me, um, and they're training me on a much deeper soulful level than I have any understanding, and I have yet to grasp that. You know, that's something that I'll be uh, doing in the rest of my life, I think, is, is trying to embrace every moment uh, as an opportunity, and um, that doesn't always work. You know, I'm, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I, get my, I get my butt kicked emotionally consistently, and, um, and it's hard to pick yourself up sometimes. Uh, and put yourself back in these situations. But you know, when I get my butt kicked in horrible weather in the middle of nowhere for multiple days on end and I just want to quit, um, I'm going back next time with more of a vengeance. You know, I learned from that. And, uh, and I'm going to be a better camper. I'm going to be more in tune to the world around me and more in tune to the nature. And I think that that's also helped me. Uh, I think I have a, you know, a personal, if this is my view, you know, and all of my opinion and all I speak are my truths to me, but I think that I have a pretty good connection with, uh, like, the, the natural world around me, you know, the animals. And I, I, uh, I tend to run in when people are with me or on courses. I tend to run into animals and all kinds of different wildlife. And it's been a, kind of a theme of my life of going around and finding bears and things. They all come to me. And all the crazy stuff happens to me when we're out there. Um, but I do it on purpose. I'm the guy that does that. Like I said, I'm, I want to push myself. I want to put my hand in the fire. I want to jump off the big cliffs. Like I want to, I want to do the stuff that is uh, pushing my edge. And that's just my fire and my spirituality, you know. And there's, there's a lot of people that would much rather sit on the couch and code a computer. And they can learn just as much from doing that, you know. And, it, and I don't speak to that at all. But, uh, you know, the people that are doing it are, are a much deeper energy level than I can fathom. So I think, you know, it's just, I'm naive, you know, and I got to keep remembering that I'm naive. And um, when I'm getting my ass kicked or when I'm crying or when I want to be stronger, you know, um, I'm naive to think that 
uh, I'm alone, you know, and that the energy doesn't help flow my life in some way. If that makes any sense. I'm sure it does to you better than many. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think um, that's a big part of why I, I think why I latched onto you as like a, you know, as a, you know, more than just a cousin, but more as like a soulmate type level where, um, you know, when we were, when, when I was a kid and you were in your, you know, you must've been in your twenties, early twenties living in Lake Tahoe. I remember uh, you were super big into rock climbing and that was kind of one of my first exposures to any kind of extreme sport. And uh, I was just awed by how you were pushing your limits and, and things like that, pushing that edge, like you said. And then you've continued to do that in a lot of areas too, with the wilderness and, and the kayaking and, and all that stuff. And um, for me, that also became part of, you know, who I am and part of my spirituality, like you said, is pushing that edge and trying to understand ourselves at a deeper level each time we push that edge a little bit further there's a great quote by um, Hunter S. Thompson that I love, um, and it says, uh, the edge, um, uh, there is no, well, hold on, there's no way to explain it because the only people who really know where it is are the ones who have gone over the edge. So I really, li I really like that quote that, you know, um, those people who seek, seek the edge often find the edge that they're looking for. Um, so that being said, like with all your adventures on, um, Noel's trip, you know, kayaking, climbing, things like that. Do you have any specific stories that you wouldn't mind sharing about, you know, maybe a time where you're out in the wilderness and you were just super humbled by maybe, a, a challenging situation that was going on? Or I know for me, I've been in situations, not even backcountry, but just, you know, back in the back country a little bit where the snowmobile will break down and I'll feel like, you know, this is the last straw. I'm going to freeze to death out here. And you know, I finally get it started and I'm super humbled by experiences like that. Wondering if you have any to share. You know, up in Tahoe, my mom had a couple of snowmobiles and I've been in that exact situation, like going down a hill and getting into a canyon and being like, this is it, man. We're not getting out of here. We're going to die in the wilderness. <laughs> um, closer to home on a machine. Um, I, I don't, you know, I think that, um, let, me, let me gather my thoughts here because that's kind of a, a, a big rounded question. Um, things that have humbled me uh, are my goals, I would say. Um, multiple goals. You know, as you said, I'm, I'm a super goal oriented guy. I, uh, you know, I've, I was, I was kind of born lucky. I was given the, the opportunity to, um, to strive for what made me happy rather than striving, uh, just for like paying rent. You know, I, I kind of had a little bit of a silver spoon in my mouth when I was born and, um, that gave me the opportunity to say, I'm going to do what I want to do, uh, regardless. Um, you know, a little bit of privilege, to be honest. And I think that it allowed me to, to set these goals that were beyond what would be a, a normal reason for me. Um, I, you know, the first time I ever went out in the wilderness, I went out in the wilderness, uh, I was forced. 
um, like a serious expedition. I did an outward bound expedition as a kid um, because I was a partier. You know, my parents really couldn't handle me that much. They weren't um, around all the time. And one was a workaholic and they were divorced. So I, uh, I had a lot of freedom, you know, and, um, you know, I, I party a lot. I made some bad choices and they threw me in an, an outdoor program and most of the kids that were there, it was called the Ascent Program from Outward Bound, and most of the kids that were there were troubled youth and uh, had made some bad choices in their life. I fit right in there. You know, I was a partier and, and pushed the limits and smoked the cigarettes in ninth grade, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, just kind of being the bad kid. Uh, and it changed my life. Everybody else that was there, I could see in the group that I was in, they hated it. You know, all they did was complain about it and how it was cold all the time. We didn't have enough food. We had blisters on our feet. and um, I thrived. Like I knew the minute that I was in that environment, that that was me. That's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do that the rest of my life. And I knew, so I knew at like 15 years old that I was going to be a wilderness outdoor instructor. And I was going to do just that. Either I was going to work for Outward Bound or Knowles, which I hadn't heard of yet, um, which was the, the top tier in wilderness education and expedition education and expedition medicine. Uh, and I wanted to be that top tier and I instantly set that goal. It was like, you know, um, when I was a kid, my grandpa wrote me a letter. I think I had you read it once. And I was like, hey, you got to set these goals and you want, you uh, you know, you have short-term goals and long-term goals and, um, and it's going to take time to get these. So I knew that, man. I was like, man, this is amazing. I, I love it. I connected with nature on a very deep spiritual level. And uh, I set that goal and I just started chipping away at it and, and got involved and every outdoor thing that I could. And I started going to, you know, and started outdoor school cl or club at my school and high school and um, excel started excelling at rock climbing. And, um, and that allowed me to push the fear and focus on myself uh, instead of focus on things around me. That's something that climbing in the outdoors did for me. Um, and I was denied at, at many steps along the way, you know, um, climbing was, gave me the levels and the tiny goals to kind of climb uh, and I got experience, and then when I applied for these jobs, I was shut down. And they, you know, both times, like Knowles was like, "Nope, you uh, you don't have enough experience," and this and that. And so I went out and gained more. I uh, when I wanted to be a Knowles instructor, I turned me down the first time. I went and paddled from Cancun to Honduras, the second longest barrier reef in the world. It was three months long. Uh, it took us, yeah, it was like 85 days. Uh, it was a thousand miles close to a thousand miles from all through Cancun, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, um, multiple days that were super difficult. It was me and one other guy, and then I reapplied, and I got that job, uh, or at least I got on the instructor's course. And I had, you know, many different things that were stopping me along the way, and I think that those, those goals kick your ass, man, and, um, and that just, uh, it, it, it shut me down many, many times. Uh, and I think that that's, that that's one of the things that's um, been difficult and life learning for me as I go through that. I think specific times in the wilderness, uh, yeah, I've been cold multiple times or I've, I've had to hold my tent above my head because the tide was too high and we didn't have anywhere to go and there's no trees behind us or anything. I mean, um, no flat ground, it was just salt trees or whatever behind us. And, so we would stand there in our rubber boots in the rainstorm holding our tents above our head or hold them on the bushes so they didn't blow away until the tide flipped. You know, we'd stand there at an hour and three in the morning. Um, 
those are difficult times sometimes and for as everyone else is miserable or every all these other kids on the beginning outward bound program are miserable, you know, I'm in my element. Like I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. I'm holding a tent in Alaska. It's freezing like sleet rain on me. I've got all the awesome gear. I'm jumping up and down to stay warm. Uh, and I'm loving it. You now I'm like totally loving it. And, uh, maybe I'll see a bear soon or something, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that was a really soulful thing for me as I climbed my goals, dude. And so uh, same thing for the wilderness medicine. I wanted to be a wilderness medicine instructor. Uh, I once had a, a suicide jumper jump off of the Golden Gate Bridge and land in front of my kayak, and uh, he died on the deck of my boat. And I was like, I wish that I had known more about what to do. It shook me up a little bit, and uh, I wanted to be this wilderness medicine instructor. I applied and they turned me down. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go get more experience. And I applied again and, uh, and gained more certifications. And, um, and I got that. I, I, it's never been easy for me. I've, and um, in, uh, in getting my goals, and there's still so many more in front of me. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, wanted, to, I wanted to paddle Mavericks. They were like, I first moved down here to go to, to art school. And then I was like, I'm going to go um, work for a kayak company and, and I had some experience, and at that time I had uh, been a Knowles instructor, and I got a good job teaching kayaking, and I was in art school. And then I, I moved down to Half Moon Bay and uh, ended up learning about the famous Maverick surf wave, and um, I wanted to paddle it. I wanted to surf kayak it, and, uh, and I didn't know of anybody ever trying it, and uh, everyone I talked to told me it was I was an idiot and I was going to kill myself. Um, and I'm still progressing on that goal. I've been on it. Uh, I've kind of shouldered down the, the wave, but the consequences in a kayak are much higher than in a surfboard. As far as I know, I'm the only one that's been on the actual wave on the peak. Um, and I still think I need to go back a little bit deeper. This is still, you know, 47 years old, and I still think I have it in me. And all of that growth is strictly understanding the energy of the ocean, reading that wave, and being on that wave is years and years of watching it break, understanding the different tide levels, what's the swell doing and coming at different angles. Like, and then I, I approached Jeff Clark, who's the famous Jeff Clark, who surfed, or who's the first guy to surf Mavericks for like 10 years alone, and now it's one of the biggest known breaks in the, in the planet, one of the heaviest waves in the world. And I approached him after everybody told me that it was, wasn't doable and I was just, uh, you know, like hanging my head that it just wasn't ever going to happen. And I approached him at a at a bar one night, and he was like, I said, hey, I'm Chris Manchester, and I, I'm uh, starting a kayaking company in Half Moon Bay, and um, I've always wanted a kayak, ma- surf kayak Mavericks. And, um, you know, I expected him to just laugh me in the face, and he looked me right in the eye, and he's like, let me know how I can help. That sounds awesome. And the guy took me by the hand, and uh, you know, and taught me a lot about that wave, and got me out there, and um, and other famous surfers have helped me with that. Um, I got to give credit to a guy, Randy Cohn. Um, it really helped talk me that the possibilities were there and uh, learning the wave uh, was the key. And you just got to put time in, you know, on anything uh, that you're doing. Um, and so multiple things have happened to me uh, in these environments that I put myself in um, that I really try to take home what can I learn? Because as we were discussing, we need you and I and everyone else, I believe, needs to 
continue to raise the bar, uh, which I think you're doing on a on a conscious subconscious level. Um, groundbreaking stuff, man. I'm really stoked to be your cousin and see what you're doing because I think what you are doing is actually tapping people's consciousness into their soul on a different level. And that is going, you know, shit like that can change the world. I think when people really have the humility, they lead more with their hearts than they do with their mind or their head and what they think they know. Um, rather than what they truly know by their deep energy of their heart and their soul and leading from that. Um, you can't do that without looking yourself in the mirror and understanding that you're learning and growing from these processes uh, that are difficult in your life. Um, and I thrive on that stuff, man. I thrive on the things that are hard. And um, right now, you know, I'm, I'm in probably one of the tougher emotional um, trials of my life. And um, and I'm look, trying to look at it uh, and use all of this stuff that I've, that I've done in my past to help me get through this thing that's strictly emotional. You know, it's not rain and sleet in the middle of Alaska. And it's not a 30-foot a wave that I want to kayak that could kill me. Or it's not an 80-foot jump into off a cliff into water or climbing or these things that I lead, you know, type A, just tapped all the time. I think that's one of the reasons that I got involved in, like, you know, in the drugs and the alcohol and all that stuff in my past is, like, that was the tapping of the, of the heart, of the energy. It gave me those good feelings, and it gave me that rush that I needed to grow as a soul. And, um, and I, now, I'm, I, you know, I'm... I don't drink anymore and I'm and I'm still doing all that stuff and I don't do any drugs anymore and it's like I've learned to refocus all of that heartfelt buzz that I get and uh and try to drive it in not just drive it out uh and you know it's cool I think you're helping me do that and I appreciate you for it. Yeah man I I love how you said you know it all started when your parents sent you to this wilderness um, camp as sort of like a punishment. And when everybody else was having a bad time, you sort of turned it on its head and said, you know, I'm going to kind of laugh in all your faces and I'm going to thrive at this, show you that I love this. And um, I love how far you, you took that. Um, That's been a big motivator for me in my own life is, is when people, you know, doubt you or tell you you're going to fail or something, you know, using that as, as motivation to get, you know, get going, get moving forward and get progressing. And then you talked about, you know, standing in a, yeah, with your tent above your head and how you love that hard stuff. I don't know if that runs in our family or what it is. Uh, actually, I don't, I don't think it does because Vince would hate that kind of stuff, but, um, but I love that stuff too. Like, um, you know, really cold weather, really extreme stuff, pushing myself to the limit, finding out what my own limitations are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and doing it through um, challenging tasks and, you know, stuff like that. I think I, I, I was inspired uh, in large part by you, but I think I have a, a big part of that ingrained in me too. It, it really just, it makes you feel alive in those moments, you know, and, um, uh, you know, in the extreme moments that we feel the most alive, I feel like I can bring some of that uh, awareness that I have, you know, when we're in those moments and you're standing in, uh, you know, the tide with your, 
freezing cold and the, and the tin over your head, you're not, you're not concentrating on, you know, what the stock market's saying and what the president tweeted today and all that crap. Like you're in the moment and that's really letting you feel, you know, fully alive. And I get that too. Um, that's, that's huge. And thank you, by the way, for, for commenting on, on what you feel about this, the work that I'm doing. I know that I'm working real hard to, to leave my mark on humanity and, and to give back more than I take away and um, to not only help spread knowledge that I've gained, but also become a conduit to kind of bring knowledge from a lot of different people together and get it out to the masses. I think a, a lot of the things that we're talking about today on this podcast can help a lot of people. Um, so for you, like you said, you're going through a really tough emotional time right now, one of the toughest in your life. And, you know, I don't expect you to, to go into details uh, in that on the podcast, but um, what, what do you think are some of the, because obviously you, you learn a lot of lessons about, wilderness safety and things like that while you're out in wilderness i mean you do you make a mistake you learn from it and you do it better next time and you're in that situation but there's also larger i think life lessons that you probably bring back from um from these big experiences what are some of the life lessons you think you've been able to bring back from from some of these uh big experiences that could help you right now in your current emotional um uh, conflict. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I want to say that it's um, it's tuning in. I think that I've learned a lot of that over the years. Is um, trying to stay in tune, uh, soulfully in tune to my surroundings. Um, many days, I I would it alone you know maybe out on a point and just try to connect with everything around me and smell the uh flavor of the air and listen to the the birds talking and trying to you know hear the little squirrels footprints running across and the wind blowing through the pine needles or uh whatever it is i think it's tapping inner uh self uh, is going to help me through this. Like I was saying earlier, um, pushing the limits and, and getting that heartfelt uh, buzz uh, that I get from all the things and that you get that you relate as well with me on finding your edge. Uh, what is really you? Where's your boundaries? You know, I'm, I'm given this um, suit of skin that's holding in my consciousness and, and like, how far can I push it? You know, um, what are, what's the, where's my, uh, dimensional boundaries of my soul. And, um, that is huge for me in my life right now. Like it couldn't be more relevant, uh, as that I need to use everything that I have pushed and learned and hurt and all of that. And, um, I need to, um, look inside and grow and learn learn who I am even more. Um, 
I know it's given to me for a reason. You know, I, 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 when I was talking about naivety and being naive, I think that we would be naive to, to believe that we're the only ones, you know, that there's no guiding force or energy out there. I just, I just know better than that. You know, I've been too many different places and seen too many different things and experiences for me to, to think that, you know, I'm alone or, or, or that there's no guiding force of energy. Um, and I help manifest that. And, um, and it's a struggle, you know what I mean? And I, and I, I in no way have control of it right now. I have let the reins go in my life more than I ever have. And I'm squirming right now like a fucking rat in a cage. Um, but I'm, I'm pacing knowing there's growth. There's something bigger and better for my soul, you know? And, um, I look at people who give up. There's people who give up out there that, you know, that, uh, that are like, I can't do it anymore. And they, uh, and they think about giving up on just life in general. And, um, I haven't ever been to that position in my life because I think that I've always looked at the opportunities and everything that I have, the tolerance for adversity and try to find the bright side of anything. I think if you talk to any of my friends or anybody, people that really know me and they would really reiterate that point that, you know, shit, man, Manchester could find the, you know, the good side of, of being stuck in a cave for a month, you know, not, and it being complete pitch black. Um, right now I, I've, this week even, I've, I'm turning my, uh, views within. Um, I got a lot of inner growth to work through, man. And, uh, and I'm, although I'm scared, you know, and I have these emotions running the whole entire gamut of, you know, goddamn, I'm strong, I will fight someone, or, you know, or to, like, I'm, I'm weak and I'm crying and I'm worthless. Um, and those are all awesome boundaries to hit back and forth. Not have ever been and had them back and forth so often as they have been uh, this week for me, but... Uh, I know no matter how down I am and I know it from the feelings that I have had in different environments like uh, Alaska or Patagonia or the Caribbean or, or anything, all these places that I've been, uh, there's, there's a much more powerful energy out there than me. Uh, and I'm humbled by it. Um, and I'm getting my ass kicked a little bit right now, but I believe deep inside that there's a reason for it and that um, it's going to create an amazing amount of spiritual growth for me. Um, and, yeah, I, and giving props back to you is uh, you've always been that one who's like, man, tap the energy because um, it's there, and if you don't think it's there, then you just need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of spiritual guidance, a little bit of a hand-holding um, to be able to not be so closed and afraid, because I think that that's part of it for me is that it's the fear. Uh, it's the uh, being afraid of not having the answer, of not knowing what's going. Like, I've got my goals. Yeah, man, I'm going to creep at those, and I'm going to get those, but deep down inside emotionally, you know, my goals are to to clean out the fucking basement right now, and, uh, and, and, you know, I've been working hard on that over the last few years of my life. Clean out the bad stuff uh, and use that extra space 
um, to fill it with awesome energy and uh, spiritual growth that I can turn around. And I love how you said, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. And I wholeheartedly believe and agree with that. Um, I want to leave something too. And if people can learn from my struggles or even learn from my transparency and my pain, um, I will happily give that to people. Uh, and I'm learning to open up and be more transparent. And with that, transparency becomes the vulnerability. And, and that's a big struggle for me right now. You know, I got a big attitude, and the vulnerability is a difficult thing for me um, to allow because um, multiple times in my life when I've displayed myself out there or, or, or put my heart completely out on a sleeve and given vulnerability, um, I've been burned. And, and it hasn't stopped me. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm like... I'm like an emotional machine, I think, and that helps me helps me stay strong. It's like, man, you know, you put your heart. I constantly do it, and and I'm like, I know if I decided that I wouldn't put my heart out there and give it like the vulnerability and the openness, and I want people to learn from that, just like you do. You know, like you're saying, these people can listen to what we're saying, and if they can relate in any way and be like, you know, I I, I, I never thought of it that way, and that. You're right. You know, we do need to get beat down and be vulnerable and and give our hearts out. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that can't not do that. I have to give my heart out because I'm trying harder every day to find out who I really am. And I lead from my heart now. I'm not leading from my head like we had talked earlier. I, I really try to lead from what feels um, inside and that all came from, you know, all of these experiences that I've had. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, been a, it's been a pretty incredible growth. And even though it's shitty at certain times, um, the tolerance for adversity that we push that in the Knowles world, um, you know, as, as you push through that and, and you'll get the summit, you know, eventually. Like it, you're going to stand on Everest if you want it bad enough. And you're going you're gonna to climb El Cap if you want it bad enough. Uh, and you're going to get that black belt if you want it bad enough. So I think you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I just, I just signed myself up for a five-year PhD program here at Colorado State. So I'll be going through some adversity in the next five years for sure. Um, but I really like what you said about, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to when you said, um, you know, a lot of people would quit um, or have feelings of wanting to quit in their life because things aren't going well or just quit on life in general um, and how you're not one of those people. And that's sort of where we have a, a bit of a disconnect just because I have reached that place at least um, twice in my life where I felt like giving up on life, um, you know, times in my life where I've been suicidal or, or, um, you know, maybe a, a huge injury has happened to me and I thought that my entire life was over because my entire identity was wrapped up in around, around my uh, physical abilities. Um, so I've been at, at those kind of lows before and they are, they're so difficult to navigate. And I really admire sort of the, um, the mindset that you have drilled into yourself that you accept nothing less than to, um, well, number one, you expect challenge. You expect adversity to come your way. You you realize that life is not supposed to be 
all happy and flowers and rainbows and things, but the challenge is a necessary component of life. And that's really what makes life what it is. And instead of shying away from it or quitting when things get hard, you like to look uh, challenge in the face and sort of, you know, um, say, yes, you know, come at me. You're only going to make me stronger. Uh, and I really admire that about you um, because I know, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people out there, myself included, who have felt genuinely like quitting and like giving up. And it, if it wasn't for, you know, family and friends and, you know, uh, spiritual experiences that I've had that have kind of pulled me out of those things and me mentors, and I don't know where I'd be today. And, um, you know, I've, a big part of who I am today is because of the challenge and struggle that I've been through. Um, and I, I just, I just have to say, I really admire, you know, all the things that you're doing, the self-exploration. It's, it's a, um, it's a path that requires a lot of courage. And that's something that I'm um, finding out myself too, that like, you know, it's, it's not easy to look at yourself, your true self in the mirror with all your flaws and all the, all the good and all the bad and just accept yourself and not only accept yourself, but go beyond that and love yourself a little bit and maybe even love yourself a lot. And that that's really where that's where it's at. You know, when, when we're true to who we are at those deeper levels, um, you know, we talk about pushing the edge and we have a physical edge, but our physical edge um, sort of gets duller the, the older we get and we're not able to, push ourselves as hard in that way. So for me, it's about, you know, what other edges can I push? Can I push, you know, my spiritual ed edge is infinite. There's no way that I can reach the end of my spiritual edge in this one lifetime. So that's exciting to me that I can always be continually growing. Um, my emotional edge, that's something that I'm working on really hard right now. Um, having only gotten recently married in the last year, it's, it's a challenge for sure for me to drop my old ways of um, thinking I was an independent entity. And now, you know, instead, you know, trying to become one being one and merge with, with my wife and, and learn how to do this thing has been really tough and been pushing my emotional edge and then intellectual edge too, you know, always trying to learn something new every single day. You know, that's one of my goals when I wake up in the morning is to learn at least one new thing every single day. And I love how, how you, you approach your, your life with those edges and push those edges. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing that these days, and it's unfortunate. Do you see that too? Yeah, I, so much of what you are saying here I, can, I, I relate with and, uh, and agree with you. Um, it, what I think is that you can't – I think what flipped on me is I'm not saying that I've never been there. I mean, I've, I've been in the spot that I wanted to quit. Um, I can't say that, you know, that I've ever like fully um, thought about suicide or anything like that. It, it, it's, but it's crossed across my path. You know, that word has come in front of my face before. Um, and it's almost always instantly kicked out of my brain because I'm like, dude, that saying stop and smell the roses is such an important thing because 
I mean, the ability, just like like I'm reaching out in front of me right now, and I'm like just touching this bag. I just taught this wilderness medicine course this weekend. I just got done for this. And I, like just the, the like life is such a precious gift, man. Just being able to touch that bag. And the reason it's so such a precious gift is because, like you said, your spirituality is infinite, man. You you we don't know anything. You talk to every religion across the planet. And it's all theoretical, um, at least from my opinion. It's all theoretical, and um, nobody has the answer. Nobody knows what's next. Nobody even knows what this is. You know, what is this? What is life? I don't know. I know it's a fucking gift, though. It's like we are so lucky to have it, man. I can't even imagine not having it. Like, even if it's shitty, you know, I, at least I'm – I'm consciously here, and like you said, I can always look inside. I have the freedom of thought, man. Like, that's the most amazing freedom that you can have anywhere. They could lock me up in a fucking box, and I can still think freely. I can still choose to talk to myself, you know, to, to grow. And like you said, hey, it would be crazy if we're talking to ourselves, but it's a gift, man. So that's where I am coming from when I'm saying, like, you know, I've ne it's not that I've never thought of it. It's it's crossed my mind, man. This is shitty, and you know, you could just quit all completely. I mean, aside from me having kids that I need to be there for and and, and fucking responsibility, what it really comes down to for my soul and the inner being that I am is that, man, I inhale life. I'm like, life is the coolest shit ever. And for me to think that I would want to take that away from myself. Um, I don't know if I could ever do it. I don't think I could, man. It's just, it's just, I just see it as such an opportunity. It's the coolest thing. I, I'm so young. I mean, I'm 47. I'm like you said, I'm physically getting older. But, but man, there's so much. Like I have worked my whole life to go out and do all of these goals and achieve these things that I wanted for me. I, I was lucky that one of them wasn't money. Uh, I went out to uh, lead with my heart. And now in this time in my life, I'm learning I'm going to have to turn in and I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to grow and I'm stoked on it, man. Like it's going to be shitty, <laughs> but, but it being shitty, um, is going to help the growth, you know, like me being able to cry, dude, when a lot of times when I'm crying and I'm processing things, which I do, I cry a lot, man. And when I'm crying and I'm processing things, um, I can easily go from a crying of, like, non-understanding, of not understanding why shit's happened to me, why is it so hard, and the woe is me, and I can easily flip, like, like a 180 within, the, you know, a few seconds to where I can chuckle laughing and being like, um, those will flip to tears of joy. Like, like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to be here right now and to put my hand on the fucking bag in front of me. Yeah, man, life is pretty freaking cool. And I think it was some of my lowest times that I had to go through in order for me to be able to appreciate life to the extent that I do today. Um, I, I, know that, I know that before my, before my darkest days, I think my darkest days were late teens, early twenties. But before that I had no desire to even want to um, know anything about 
spirituality or religion or anything that may seem hocus pocus or magic or whatever. I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, I was all about science and I was an atheist or agnostic. I didn't believe in anything, maybe even pushing an anarchist type mindset. But then I've reached, uh, you know, a, a super low bottom of depression and addiction and suicidal uh, ideation and all these things. Um, and it was because of that experience that when I came out of it and I found some stability, you know, thankfully with the help of others, you know, I couldn't have done it without the help of others. And I'm so grateful for those people who intervened. Um, but, you know, it took my family and friends banging on my door in Denver and almost breaking down my glass door to get to me, um, to shake me out of it and snap me out of it and get me into treatment. And because of that, I came out of treatment much more open, you know, like you said, like leading from the heart instead of trying to, you know, lead from my ass or whatever, you know, like shit. But it was, um, you know, it was so, it was such a gift, like you said, to, to not be dead. I should have been dead many times over just from, you know, alcohol toxicity or some dumb, you know, drinking and driving than I do on the highway, going the wrong way down the highway and all these stupid things that I did, you know, riding on roofs and surfing cars and stupid things should have been dead many times over. And I'm not, and I'm so grateful. Um, you know, that, that shows me that there's a reason that I'm here. There's a purpose that I'm still here on this planet and that my existence is more important than I think it is. It's more important than just me living life, but it's going to mean something to somebody else too. Even if that means, you know, smiling one day to some guy in the street and maybe that smile prevents him from committing suicide or, you know, in my work every single day working with addicts, maybe one day, um, you know, I may say something that may save somebody's life. And that's, that's a greater purpose that I'm here for. And I'm so lucky, like you said, to be alive. Um, I think it took those, those challenges for me to be able to embrace it and to open up to things like Buddhism and, and spirituality and all those things that I was denying for the longest times out of stubbornness or ignorance. And now those things, those very things have enriched my life to far greater capacity than I could have ever imagined. Um, so yeah, I, I feel you there. Yeah. I feel you rad. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, um, go ahead. Oh yeah. So this segment is uh, my, my podcast only allows me to record an hour segments. Do you have a little bit longer to stick around? Yeah. Yeah. I can stick around a little longer. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to end this segment for our listeners. Uh, stay tuned for some, uh, some business, and then uh, we'll get back with uh, Chris Manchester. All right, we got you back? Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Nice. So, yeah, I wanted to, um, to welcome all of our listeners back to Stations with the Mind, second segment with Chris Manchester. And, um, you know, we kind of left the last segment in a cool place and I wanted to, um, dig a little bit deeper into some of these concepts with you, if you don't mind. Um, so for you, I mean, in the last segment, you mentioned tapping into this greater energy field, this energy field that, that is a part of all of us that we're a part of that connects every single atom and molecule, um, you know, it's been described in, all the way back to ancient Greece and Rome as, uh, 
the ether, the great ether. Um, these days we, we hear similar terms that may fit the, the description like dark matter and, you know, all these things or collective consciousness. So how do you, um, how do you tap into that greater energy field yourself? And uh, what does it feel like? Maybe you could describe it to some of the audience members. I'm sure we've all been able to tap into it uh, unintentionally. Sometimes it happens in flow states and things like that, where we get to feel sort of that oneness connection. Um, but you, you're very aware of what that thing is conceptually and how do you engage it on a, you know, in your work or in your family? How do you do it? Um, I guess I listen, like I try to listen, man. I, uh, you know, what's weird is I look around a lot and I I've noticed, uh, or I'm continuing to notice as I'm growing, because like I, like I said, I still consider myself a super naive, humble, young soul. You know, I mean, there's just so much out there and I'm, uh, and I just feel it in my heart. Sometimes there's things in my life that have happened and, that, and things in everyone's life that happened where there's no way that it's a coincidence. Like there's just, there's just so many things and dominoes that had to fall in a perfect exact way for something to happen in your life. Um, and there's multiple times that I've turned around or like looked up in the sky or, and been like, what? Like, there's no way, there's no way that I was in control of that. Um, there's no way that my decisions made that happen. So I think tapping into that energy the first step is to just see it like listen to it um know that it's there and know you're like there's no fucking way that that happened um without some guidance without something much more powerful than my consciousness kind of given a guiding hand and those are really hard things to think about when you're getting your butt kicked emotionally uh for you to say well if there's if there is this guiding universal energy that connects everyone that you can tap into that I know is there, man. I mean, um, agnostically, um, I'm not the most religious guy. I, I, I'm a heartfelt spiritual guy. Um, and I just try to listen to the energy, man. I'm, um, I had a lot of turnover happen in my life with housing and stuff recently. And like I had to get an RV uh, and I didn't have a whole bunch of money and all of these things, but I happened to have a truck that could pull it. I happen to have a place to park it. There's like so many different things um, that I know that the world's energy, that exact energy you're talking about, that connective consciousness uh, that's well above and beyond what we know about and it is so underexplored. Um, and I think that you need to sometimes push the boundaries of your consciousness to even get close. You know, I, um, this may sound really weird and maybe not to you, but maybe some of your listeners is that, you know, I think that when I was young and I was, uh, recklessly partying with hallucinogenics, uh, and drugs like, uh, acid and mushrooms and, and ecstasy or MDA, whatever, um, that I really push the boundaries sometimes, man. I mean, I put myself in some of these uh, consciousness states that uh, I wanted to see what was out there, man, you know? And, uh, and I think that, um, yeah, there are people who choose to never push their, their minds with help and they do it all uh, on their own. 
Um, but I uh, can, I believe that I attest some of my spirituality to pushing the boundaries of what's inside of me. Um, you know, I mean, you, you know, you got to be real. Like you look in the mirror when you're on three hits of liquid acid and you're going to see yourself a lot differently than you are when you're um, um, completely clear headed. Uh, and I don't regret any of my addictions or any of the drugs or any of the things that I've done in the past because I believe that it's helped me become a more, I don't know if down to earth, maybe not the right word, but maybe, maybe the opposite of that, like the uh, out of earth, the into the energy and the, the tapping of, um, of what I know. I mean, I just know, like I'm inside and I think it's a faith thing with many other religions as well. And the way that I see it is that I don't, I don't have my finger on it, but I know that that energy is there and that it's guiding me. And I need to remember that when shit hurts, man. So I guess that's maybe how I see it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they reminded me of something that I'd heard a long time ago and um, sort of adopted as as fact, just based on my own experience with it. But, uh, we were talking, I was talking with this friend yesterday and, and he said something like, um, you know, our outside world and everything that we see outside of ourselves is not real. It's merely a reflection, um, of what's inside of us, that the outside is just a mirrored reflection. And that if we can work on our inside and improve our inside um, landscape and our inner, you know, our inner world, then our outer world reflects that as well. And things start to work out better. And, um, you know, that made that made a lot of sense to me when I first heard it, it kind of just clicked. And then uh, it was nice to get that reminder from him yesterday. Um, but I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of what you were describing with, you know, all these, all these things coming together, you know, in psychology, we call those synchronicities, you know, things that just kind of line up a little bit too well um, for them to be coincidence uh, are called synchronicities. And the more we pay attention to those, the more we start to recognize the patterns um, of the universe. And just like you, you know, it took me um, experimenting with um, psychedelics and hallucinogens in my youth to really see a little bit more, um, of the potential of what, what we can tap into, what we can see, uh, you know, we're, we're so limited by our sensory perception here in this 3d world. And like you said, a lot of people get to different, um, different places with their senses can sense other dimensions, things like that with like, many, many decades of meditation and stuff, but these plant medicines and other medicines like this really do kind of speed up the process and allow us to, um, to at least get a glimpse of the multi-layered, um, existence that we're in, not just this one 3d layer. And you were saying earlier, you know, with all the things going on, um, negative right now, uh, in, in your life, how it's difficult sometimes to see what the universe is doing, what the universe is trying to put together in your favor, 
Um, a lot of that involves a lot of just trust, trust that it's going to happen, trust that the universe loves you and that this energy, uh, you know, in my opinion is just pure love, um, this consciousness energy, this, um, uh, ether, but that it loves you and it wants good things for you. Um, you know, and trusting that and trusting that we may not know the purpose, but it may not be for us to know and just to trust uh, that things are going to work out, I think is super important. Um, but you got to have some sort of experience or knowledge of, um, you know, this guiding force and it is responsive. So it's, it's not just like, uh, you know, in some religions where it says, you know, it's going to dictate, um, your fate and things like that. Well, no, it's interactive and, you know, we can interact with this, with this field, um, to shape our future, shape our reality in ways that are more productive to us. You know, a lot of people could be in the same position that you're in now and be seeing it completely in a different negative light. And that would influence their reality and, and how every day goes for them and how they feel day to day. But you are choosing to see it a different way. And we have that choice. We have that choice to engage with this, uh, ether and this energy, in ways that are more productive, um, in ways that promote growth, promote humanity, promote uh, positive change. And um, yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great that, that you, that you're doing that. I think it's, speaking of synchronicities, I think it's funny that you, you bring the word love up. Um, I've really been reflecting a lot on that word. Um, and it's interesting to me because all of the things that I have done to look inside and get that feeling, that fluttering heart feeling, um, have been connected to extreme sports uh, or putting myself in, in, in situations where I'm pushing my boundaries physically, uh, mentally, or whatever. Um, and through all of my life, and I fought much addiction as well. You know, I'm, a, I'm three years sober and um, – and I, you know, I've been addicted to cocaine. I've been uh, addicted to nicotine. I've been addicted to alcohol. And, like, I worked through all of that. And all of those things gave me that same feeling of, of the jumping off of the cliff and the heart flutter and the dopamine and the serotonin. I don't know. You know all that stuff. You're the psychologist. But, uh, but you know what I'm saying. And I, so all of that heartfelt fluttering um, – I think in a lot of the energy that we're talking about, I think whittles down and crystallizes to exactly what you're saying. And, and I think the word is love. And I think that it's interactive, just like you're saying. Um, this, the struggles that mostly that I'm dealing with are absolutely linked to love. And, uh, and you know, the pain and uh, the happiness that come with that. Um, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, love is what I believe is, is it's what it's whittled down to. And I, I swear, I just like an hour ago before I even came over to like talk and do this podcast, um, I was like, it's about love, man. This energy that I'm thinking and the things that are guiding me are the drive from my heart flutter, the deep soul lead. And, you know, not everybody leads from that point of their life, you know? Uh, or their soul, and I try to really do that. 
uh, and it leaves me in those vulnerable positions and that heart flooding. But it's love, man. That's what it is. I think he nailed it on the head, and that was, uh, um, and it's it's kind of epiphanous, if that's even a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, uh, and you know, sort of on along the theme of the the title of the podcast, um, you know, and you you do have experience in. Uh, oh yeah. One more thing. Sorry, before I get there, one more thing I wanted to say, uh, that, that sort of popped in my head about the universe sort of putting things together, um, in a way that may not be observable to us, but that it does have a pattern and a meaning and a, you know, a trajectory. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever, um, done DMT and, and DMT, but, uh, I mean, if you, if you do that, psychedelic you know it's called the businessman's trip it only lasts about 15 minutes but you smoke a little dmt and and keep your eyes open and you will see exactly how the universe is putting things together uh it's really quite interesting um in a kaleidoscope of colors you know uh you can see you know for me it's uh, it always appears as like these little green elves um sort of manipulating in in lego type fashion you know, all of physical uh, reality around you, but, you know, we don't normally have access to seeing these dimensions, but the DMT kind of opens those floodgates and allows you to see all the gears turning and and things being being placed in in the right place. And it's kind of cool to have that kind of uh, affirming experience. If you've only read about um, like ephemeral topics through religious texts or, you know, the Bible or something like that, you only have a certain level of understanding of it. You only have the the level of understanding at the book level. Um, and I think a much more powerful level is at the experiential level. And, you know, with some of these um, psychedelics as well as, you know, extreme sports is a great example because extreme sports, um, you know, it's different than a regular sport in that it, often takes us to the edge of life and death. Um, you know, it takes us to, uh, risking our life, um, our livelihood or our lives, uh, more often than regular sport does. And that fact, the fact that we are, um, sort of flirting with danger and flirting with death. Uh, those are the things, um, that when you step back off that edge a little bit, you're like, whew, man, that felt good. But man, am I glad to be back away from that edge? Uh, you know, and I feel like a lot of people these days, at least in our society, don't, don't push themselves to that point to experience, you know, uh, to come back from that ledge and experience the wonder of life that a lot of the, a lot of people like to play it safe these days and sort of, um, you know, see that, look at the edge from a distance and look at other people doing it and just say like, Oh, that's not for me. Um, I see a lot of that too. And it's, it's, uh, it's almost sad. You know, we're like, you like we were talking about before life is a gift and you and I realize this, it's sad sometimes to look around and see people wasting this gift. Yeah. I feel it, you know, uh, Um, inhale life, man. Uh, and I'm, I just, I'm looking, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I'm back and forth. I'm, uh, I'm dealing with a lot of different emotions and I'm so much for it, you know, for life and like dive in head first and let's, let's do it. Let's take it on. And, um, you know, and 
my deal was uh, a, a job opportunity came up for my wife, and I have a two-and-a-half-year-old kid, and this job opportunity was in Hawaii, and it's a whole different state, and she um, and I, I was like, go for it, you know? Part of me was like, this is life. We need to make these uncomfortable decisions. Risk. It's all about, like you said, where's your comfort level? I'm well above and beyond my comfort level right now. Um, my, my wife and kid just moved out of state, um, and there's all that love and everything, and my heart is fluttering because I feel the pain. And I'm working through that the best that I can. Um, and I'm in that risk zone. Uh, I let the range go. And I, I'm, I, you know, never in this, even all the stuff that I've done, even like, you know, dropping a, a, a surf kayak down Mavericks, um, it's all been calculated. All the goals that I have gained in my life have been calculated. Are uh, most of them anyway, and this is a hundred percent risk, uh, emotional risk, heartful, loving risk of letting everything go, um, without knowing what's going to happen. Like I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to see him next at this point, you know. And that, that's my son and my wife, and that's um, this is my time. I couldn't deal with any of this stuff emotionally. Uh, if I was looking in a different direction, if I wasn't listening to the energy of the world, if I wasn't um, crying when I needed to cry, uh, if I wasn't, um, you know, asking myself questions when I needed to ask myself questions, it's a process. You know, I don't have the answers. Um, right now, I'm well above and beyond my comfort zone, and, and the risk is higher than it's ever been in my life uh, for my heart and my emotions. And um, I chose that. Like, who in their right fucking mind would choose that? Like, I, I supported that decision and said, we should do this. And I, and I chose to put myself in a situation that I knew was going to bring me to my knees. Um, I'm getting emotional thinking about it, uh, but it did, and uh, it brought me to my knees. And um, I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful right now because... Um, it's gonna, it's gonna teach me, you know, and that energy is out there to teach me. Um, and I think, like I was saying, that's why I'll sometimes go from like the crying, shitty cry to like the holy, awesome spiritual cry in, in the flip of a switch, you know, and that's because I'm in that risk zone, man. I let it all go. I don't know where this emotional stuff is going to take me. And, uh, and, and that's where you grow, man. You Like you said, you come to the edge and you put yourself in there, but then when you pull yourself out of it, you're like, whoo, that was pretty gnarly. You know, and you let your heart rate come back down and you find yourself again. And then just like any other drug or anything that gets that heart going, that's where it makes me feel alive, man. And um, it's just, this is just on a different level. It's just, it's an extreme sport. It's an, a, it's a, it's the, it's just less calculated, man. I don't have any of the reins, and it's the blind faith that you're talking about, man. It's, this is blind faith right now, and I've never really had that before, dude. So I feel like an infant. I'm right now. I'm an emotional and spiritual infant, and um, and I'm, you know, squirming, dude. And it's, and it's a kind of a joyous thing. And uh, I don't know, you know pretty cool well yeah even though it's even though it's a tough time it's a time that's ripe for 
personal growth. And it's, I think it's a time that in five or 10 years, you'll look back on this time in your life and be like, man, I was close to the edge. You know, I was close to some emotional edges there, but uh, it was because of those edges that you you're going to become strong and, and um, you know, more than likely you're going to be able to help other people. Like you said before, because of your experience. Uh, And I really admire, you know, I really admire how open you are with leading with your heart. You know, I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot of the, the torment and torture you've gone through emotionally over the years. Uh, and, you know, putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and wearing your heart in your sleeve only to have it ripped off and stomped and, and ripped apart by the people closest to you. Um, and, like you said, you keep, you're, you're not the type of person that just can't keep putting your heart out on your sleeve. And when, when you say that, I think of, you know, the mass majority of people that I've talked to, uh, are the exact opposite where they will take a risk and they'll put their heart out there and become vulnerable, but then they'll become betrayed or they'll get burned or they'll get smashed. And then it'll be really, really challenging for them to put themselves back out there. Um, because, of fear, fear of, uh, feeling that feeling again, or, uh, fear of losing something again and are unwilling to take the initial risk to feel the joy that can come from it just because of the fear, you know, the fruit, the fear becomes paralyzing, but for you, um, you're, you said yourself, you're not that type of person. You'll always put your, your heart on your sleeve. And well, I mean, how do how the hell do you do that? Because, I, I don't, I have no idea how, how you can continue to have faith in mankind and have faith in, um, you know, the universe that, you know, pe- there's some nasty people out there and there are people that are going to step on us to get to, um, accomplishing their goals. And there's going to be people that are malicious towards us. And, you know, how do you, how do you keep being vulnerable without putting up your defenses and without protecting yourself and without closing yourself off to um, relationships and experiences? Well, I, I can't say that I'm not, you know, jaded. I, I'm definitely jaded. And I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, I want it. Like I, I want, like I said, I want to leave a mark. I want people to be like, you know, Chris Manchester is one of the most real motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. And, uh, and that would make me proud, um, that I wasn't scared to be open. I wasn't scared to be vulnerable. I wasn't scared to be judged, but I'm jaded by it. I mean, I'm jaded that I'm judged all the time and I don't trust a motherfucker. And, um, there's good, there's, there's bad to that good, you know? Um, uh, I, it's a really double-edged sword. I don't have the answer. I, I, I just do it because I want it. And, um, and I know that it's going to bring me places because some of the most coolest, uh, awakenings and happiness that I've ever felt, it was because I threw my heart out on the sleeve and right out front of everyone. And, uh, and that's the time that it didn't get stomped on. It got filled. And, um, and that keeps me coming back. Uh, and yeah, you know, right now I'm in, I'm in blind faith. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I sent a beautiful woman over to paradise and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm scared, man. I can't say I'm not scared. Um, 
you know, that, that shit's not going to work out again, you know? Um, but I want it, you know, and, uh, I don't want the status quo. Like I, I want what the, the furthest, deepest, most emotional awesomeness that I can find. And I'm just going to continue to do it. And I, and I've come to expect it, you know, it's like, I like being surprised at this point when I put my heart out on my sleeve or something and I don't get judged or somebody doesn't, you know, um, say that you're not emotionally as strong if you show your weaknesses. And, um, and I've learned to understand that a lot of the people that I get angry at for judging me are, um, you know, dealing with their own shit inside. And so I, I, I'm trying to have compassion with the people who hurt me and, um, and it's not easy, you know, I, I'm, I'm still totally jaded, I carry tons of anger, and, uh, and those are the things that I think I try to offset by just being as pure and uh, honest of a human being and a soul that I can be, I think that I want to continue to work on that, and, uh, and just be like the legit realist dude that people are like, I would like to be like that one day, I would like like what it's really like to just be as pure as possible. I want to find that for me. I don't want to find it for everyone else, but once I find it for me, I would like to be able for other people to see that, you know, it's okay to be as real as it, as it gets and as honest as it gets and not try to step on and hurt other people to move yourself forward. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I, I live a life right now where, I have that fear, just like you're saying, and it and it's trust. I have major trust issues, man. I don't trust anyone, <laughs> and uh, and that sucks, you know. I wish that it wasn't that way, but it's my truth. You know, everybody has their own path, and my truth right now is that I gotta I got a lot of shit to work through, and um, but I'll continue to just I'm just gonna put it out there, you know. And I and I'm it's getting less, you know, the the faith part and the heart stops. Um, they're getting they're getting less and they're getting easier as I expect them and become more self-confident in my own emotions and uh, dealing with what I think or people are thinking of me, like of just kind of living my life. Um, yeah, my heart's going to get stomped on here or there, but maybe some person's just like, man, that's, that's how you do it. You know, you don't hold back. You just give it, man. You just, just fucking give it. Yeah. I like how you said, um, you know, you couldn't have experienced some of your, your greatest loves and your greatest highs unless you would have put your heart out there in the first place and taken that risk, even though you, you fully expect it to get smashed sometime. Um, but the fact that you put it out there, that allowed you to experience those those greatest highs, those greatest uh, loves or those those deepest experiences. Totally. I think that's... I think that's incredible. Um, I had a guest on, uh, you know, maybe 10 podcasts ago, you know, you know, Simone, right? Uh, I don't know. My mom's friend. Yeah. I think, you know, Simone. Um, but she, she said, uh, something, she said a phrase that really stuck with me. She said, um, your strength is in your defenselessness. And she was talking about, um, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and defenselessness in uh, relationships, in conversations, in life in general, um, really being authentic and putting your true self out there and being vulnerable to criticism 
Um, that's where your strength lies because if you are, if you're being your most authentic self, being your most truthful self, you're not living any lie. You're not putting on a mask to try and, um, get a certain reaction or judgment from people, but you're being really authentic. Then that's really where your strength lies because it's, you know, it's let, it's less backtracking. If, if you're lying about who you are and, you know, someone catches you up in a lie about, you know, you're putting on this mask to, to show off or whatever, or be arrogant and you got to back up and do more work just to get out of the lie. But, you know, your strength really comes in putting it all out there from the start, um, and really finding out who you are and then, um, attracting the type of people who are going to accept you for who you are, uh, because you just put yourself out there, you know, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think it, 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 it weeds, it weeds out people. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's haters out there for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, the, the vulnerability, you know, I've got a lot, I'm not perfect at all. I I'm learning that every day. And, uh, and I believe in that vulnerability and honesty and, you know, uh, I try to be the most honest person I could be. I try to not care what people think of me. And both of those things need work. Um, I, I'm not 100% honest. I, I mean, I tend to exaggerate here and there. And I'm, I'm consciously trying to get better at that. And, uh, and I do care what people think about me. And I'm really trying to get better at that. Because, so I'm not focused on the outside. I'm more focused on me and on the inside. Um, and I'm a super social guy. Like if you want, if you wanted to like torture me, you would put me alone somewhere. And that, and that is tough on me. I mean, I could do it for some days on end in the woods or whatever, because I'm, I'm not alone. I'm, or I've got all the energy is the nature and the, and the spirituality around me. But you know, you stick me in a, in a, like a jail cell, man. And the, and the, uh, that's why I was like, I don't ever want to be in jail, dude, because I would go insane in there in a cell by myself um, because I'm such a social creature and I need that connection. I need that human connection. I need to be able to talk to people. I need people to, to like want stuff from me. I want to be able to give to other folks uh, and that and with that social being comes, uh, you know, caring what other people think, you know, and uh, there's a balance in there somewhere that I can find where I, I shouldn't be, you know, give a shit about certain things, but, you know, I should at least care, like you said, to receive feedback and, and become a better human soul. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a work in progress. And I think the, what Simone said is, is pretty dead on. Yeah. Is it, is it tough to receive uh, feedback sometimes? I'm getting a lot better at it, man. And I think that uh, I was talking with my co-instructor tonight about that exact thing about feedback. And Knowles is really big at feedback. And we call it, uh, you know, we want it timely. And we want, you want timely feedback because things are fresh in your head that have upset you or that, or that you could give somebody to be a better instructor or whatever. It needs to be timely. Um, you can't do it three months later and expect to get the same results. Um, and... I, the way that I look at it, that I've always looked at it is I have my little saying, and I said, there's a difference between um, ego and self-promotion, and um, being proud of what you do and who you are, it doesn't have to be led out in an egotistical manner. Um, 
I learn from that by taking feedback. And Noel's helped me that. I would have to get it written down as an instructor every course that I would. And they'd be like, well, you know, Chris did this, Chris did that. We could have been done better. Some of it I would take with a grain of salt. But some of it I had to check my ego when I'm like, you know, you're an asshole for saying that about me. And maybe that's my first reaction. But then down the road as I start to process what they said and really look inside, um, why would I get angry at somebody telling me something that's only going to make me a better person? And uh, that's finding the difference between the shit that you take for a great assault that you maybe affected your ego or the feedback that you're taking that is going to help your self-promotion. Yeah, sure. So there's, there's always, uh, you know, negative criticism and constructive criticism. And I feel like if, you know, especially if like a friend or a loved one gives you a criticism, most of the time they're, they're only trying to help you because they love you. You know, it's coming from a totally different place of love. Whereas someone maybe who doesn't know you very well and criticizes some kind of behavior or thing that you did, it may be coming from a place of envy or jealousy or uh, hate or something like that. And it's not productive in any way. It has no constructive value. Um, Their only intention in the first place was to tear you down in some way. Then those kind of criticisms you can take with a grain of salt and being able to identify which one is which and which ones are, um, are given or presented out of love and which ones are presented out of malicious intent. That's a skill in and of itself. Um, but I, I, yeah, I like what you're saying, you know, um, being open to taking criticism, uh, only helps to improve who we are as people. I think if we close ourselves down to accepting feedback and accepting criticism, uh, we stagnate our own ability to grow. It's like we put a glass ceiling over ourselves. Um, I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, uh, totally. So that, yeah, you know, you've got to be able to take that stuff. And, um, and you, I think, like I said, you also are scanning the soul that's giving it to you. You know what I mean? Because there's definitely people out there, souls that are giving it to you that, uh, I have nothing but bad energy. And I think your ability to be able to identify that is going to be a big difference in, in your choice of growth, you know? Um, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think it's pretty cool to be able to sit here and talk to you on this, this podcast. It's, it's kind of, you know, like you're sitting next to me and, and me and you're brewing out and it's a, uh, it's on a pretty cool deep level and I appreciate you for it. Well, yeah, man, that's what this podcast is meant to be. It's most, it's meant to be just a conversation between two minds that are part of this super large, uh, organism of humans. And, um, yeah. So I have, I, a, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, sure. So one of my questions for you and maybe like speaking of all of this feedback and, and people like ourselves who are into the, the inner growth and, um, and really trying to better themselves, uh, uh, as humans, you know, and, um, there's people that could receive feedback and, um, there's a couple things that I found over the years. And one of them is some people, um, won't just absolutely won't take it. You know what I mean? They're, they're closed off to feedback completely. And how would you maybe even just to, to brainstorming some ways of how you could get in 
to somebody who is closed off to something like that? Hmm. Um, well, it would depend on the the nature of the relationship that you have with the person. Um, so if it's somebody that you are invested in emotionally, um, say like a spouse or a partner or a family member and, um, their feelings, um, come into play as far as like, uh, are you willing to hurt someone's feelings in order to give someone feedback, you know, that, that becomes a question that comes into play sure. because if you, you know, if you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, um, you don't want to push the feedback and, and make it so, uh, direct that it's going to hit them, um, incorrectly and, and really cause some rifts in the relationship. You need to pre preserve the relationship first. Um, but if it's somebody that you don't have that much investment in, um, say it's, it's somebody that you've worked with maybe once or twice in, in business networking, and they don't really have, too much uh, pull as far as uh, making your business successful or a failure, um, then, you know, being more direct can be a, a good route. Um, I guess, what do you mean by being closed off? Like you, like you've attempted to give someone feedback and no. just uh, in denial? No, this is a, it was a pretty general question. I was, um, because when I was saying that my co-instructor and I were talking about this and he had, uh, we give timely feedback, and we had, he was dealing with a coworker. Um, uh, there was a broad question. This could be the, you know, the bar bully. You know, who knows? Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I'm just, just thinking that the people like us who care, I mean, it's obviously that I care about humanity, and I, and I care about other souls, um, and I think that that's part of my vulnerability is I'm willing to heartfully help or be there emotionally for whoever I can, uh, even even the bar bully, you know? Uh, if I can give them feedback, but most of the time, if I run into many people in my life to where, you know, it's like, hey, dude, you're being an asshole. You know, you're the bar bully, you're being an asshole. And, the, and um, I guess maybe they're taking it in and maybe they're not. But, you know, I was just wondering if you had any navigable ways to, to get to people who are who are rigid, yeah. So, um, you know, I would always start with, and you probably know this technique, but for any of the listeners out there that don't, um, I would always start with, uh, the sandwich approach, uh, to giving feedback. So that's a great way. And it has some good scientific, uh, literature backing it up too. that, you know, in order to get, uh, a criticism across, sometimes when we provide uh, critical feedback, um, and by critical, I mean it has the potential to be taken in a in a negative way by by the uh, the recipient. So if we're trying to present critical feedback um, in an effort to help someone grow or get better. Uh, oftentimes, it brings up their defensive walls and shuts them down. Um, they may go blank. They may not pay attention to what you're saying anymore after that. They may seem resistant or closed down, or they may actively try and refute everything you say, but, um, uh, using the sandwich approach, um, it can oftentimes make that, um, the presentation of the, of the critical piece of information a little bit softer. Um, so for those who don't know what the sandwich approach means, 
Um, you think of it like a sandwich, like two soft pieces of bread, two soft and squishy, non-threatening pieces of bread. And then in the middle is, is the protein is the meat of the message that you're trying to get across. And, um, so when approaching someone with uh, critical feedback, you always want to start with something positive, something squishy, just like that top piece of bread and say, you know, I, I really appreciate what you're doing here. You're doing really good with, with such and such task. Um, you know, I'm really impressed by that. And then after that, you would insert the meat or the real message that you're trying to get across the critical piece and say, you know, I, I see you're doing really great in this thing, but you know, if, if you did it this one other way, I think it would be a little bit more efficient. Or if you, if you change this little thing, I think it would work a little bit better. That's the critical feedback piece. And then you cap it off with another squishy piece of bread. So another positive statement, um, so that they're left feeling positive about themselves, uh, and about the feedback rather than being left with the negative, uh, critical comment, um, so that they're left with a sort of a nasty feeling in their stomach. So the sandwich approach is great to start. Um, but everybody receives feedback differently too. So if you're having this discussion with your co-instructor and you guys are talking about maybe training new trainees at the kayak shop, um, every single trainee is going to receive feedback differently. So it's going to take some time for you guys to get to know each person's style a little bit and each person's learning style. Some people are going to learn kinesthetically, some visually, some audioly. Uh, some people are going to take one, one time to tell them, um, some feedback. Sometimes it's going to take someone 10 times, but as soon as you start to understand for that one person, what their style of, uh, receiving feedback and how they respond to different types. And maybe even, you know, sometimes the best way to find out how to give feedback is to ask someone, you know, how do you prefer to receive feedback? Um, that can be one of the easiest ways to, um, get that communication streamlined. Um, I know for me, like I like direct feedback. If I'm screwing something up, I want someone to tell me right away. I don't want people to beat around the bush when people are beating around the bush and I can tell that they are, I will oftentimes just stop them and be like, look, get to the point. You're wasting both of our time by, by, by doing all this fluff, you know, get to the point. I just want the meat of the sandwich. I don't so, so much want the, uh, the bread on the ends, but you know, you gotta, you gotta, understand that everybody takes feedback differently. And once you get to know their style, it'll be much easier for you to be able to break down some of those defenses. Yeah. Nice man. Well, I, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to thank you again, Chris, for coming on the podcast today. It was, it was awesome to have you on. I've wanted to have you on for a while. I think the last time I was out in, in San Francisco visiting you, we were trying to make it happen, but it just didn't. Um, I think I got pretty sick that time. I think Remy coughed in my mouth. Um, <laughs> and, and I brought home some sickness, but it's all good. Yeah, um, man, I miss you. And, uh, this was a great conversation and I hope, you know, that, uh, that us just trying to be real. Um, and I love what you're doing and I, and I, I'm glad to be a part of, um, this, the, the greater consciousness, uh, uh out there and, the Cowan's conversations in the mind. So thanks, Shane. Yeah, of course, man. We're, we're just trying to do what we can to move some of these ideas forward and get more people thinking at these levels, you know, uh, thinking at the, at the type of depth and, and making it okay to, you know, talk about these things out in public. It's almost like you bring up some of these 
deeper topics and people just want to shut you down. Like, Oh oh no, you know, let's keep it service level, you know? And, but to me, that stuff's boring. I want to, you know, life is limited and I want to go as deep and as far as, as humanly possible in this lifetime. I think I shared a, another Hunter S Thompson quote in the last podcast, but it's all for me, it's all about arriving at the end of life, you know, skidding in on empty in my, uh, you know, in my sportster, you know, all dented up and, and ready to go, uh, rather than arriving at my final destination with great safety. So, um, I saw that and it was, uh, like, I agree with you. It's, you know, take the risk, stand out on the edge, put yourself out there emotionally. Um, don't be so afraid of, um, of, uh, uh, of the uneasiness. So I guess that that's one of my take homes from, from this conversation for sure. Nice. Yeah. And you have to have both in order to appreciate, um, you know, the full complexity of life. So, all right, Chris, well, I want to thank you. Thank you again. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll take a trip soon. Um, a trip of self-discovery out in the wilderness together and I'll have you on the podcast again in the future and we can uh, share some more of our adventures. I know we've had some crazy stories, uh, crazy adventures together as well. Um, those will be fun to recount too. So, uh, I want to wish you luck in your, in your, um, next little chapter of your life. And, you know, we're always here for you. So I right. love you, man. I love you. Love you too, man. Take care. All right. Peace. Hey guys, just wanted to shout out a quick reminder to let you know that we are sponsored by my private practice counseling and consulting company, MindOps. Again, you can find us at mindops.com. That's M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S.com. Also check out our YouTube page where I've uploaded a number of videos uh, on a variety of different subjects, anywhere from uh, 15 minutes to 25 minute long videos on a variety of the subjects that we do bring up in the podcast. So go check those out if you want to look little bit more insight into um, some of the psychological or philosophical underpinnings for some of the concepts that we're talking about. Um, also, uh, MindOps, the website, mindops.com is a great place. Uh, the only place, actually, if you want to leave any questions or comments for myself or my guest. Uh, today was Chris Manchester. If you want to leave us any comments, please leave it on the MindOps website. There's, a, there's an entire section devoted uh, to comments. Also, as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please continue to like and share. Um, that's how we get the word out. Please share verbally with your friends and family. Please turn other people on to the conversation and start to strike up these, these types of conversations with people that you know in your own communities. And let's try and get people rallied around this idea of exploring our own consciousness uh, and sharing those experiences. And lastly, as always, you can donate to the podcast. We don't take any profits from it, but please feel free to donate so that in the future we can upgrade our systems and upgrade our equipment to get the message out to you guys better. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast today, and we'll catch you next time. Have a good night.